Well, a couple of weeks ago, I, I left church and I got a text message from, from a friend who had been in church that morning and, and had taken a picture. And, and the text message just said, your prayers have been answered. And, uh, and then this text showed up. Uh, so someone had filled out a commitment card uh, <laughs> of what looks like a, a, a quadrillion dollars. Um, and that is, that is authentic. That is real. Uh, we're taking that person for their word. Uh, <laughs> That's in my office, by the way. It's going to be framed. Um, we, we are talking about giving today as a church. And so for our friends, the baptism family joined us today. Thank you so much for being here. Um, we are talking about giving, and it's incredibly important. I mean, I've said before that uh, if we don't talk about giving and generosity, then we really are doing you a disservice because if we're honest, all of us think about money all the time. Every single day we're thinking about money and engaging with it in different ways. And so if we never talk about money or finances or giving, then we really are not really talking about the ways that God wants to form us in one of the most central aspects of our life. And so as today as we talk, what I want you to see is that generosity makes space for God's abundance, for us to believe and cling to God's abundance. Now, money causes a lot of different emotions in us in that sometimes it causes anxiety, sometimes it causes fear, sometimes it causes, causes pride, uh, it causes us to be anxious, frustrated, selfish sometimes. But I believe that God desires to teach us a way to view and handle our resources, our money, uh, in a way that both brings joy and peace to our souls and also allows us to be a blessing to those around us, to be a part of God's redemptive work in the world. And I think that a practice of giving money away over and over and over reminds us that the abundant life God promises us will not come from the abundant life that we can get on our own. So today I want you to look at scripture with me. We're going to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And, and just uh, as a reminder, you know, we look at the words of scripture because there's nothing clever or witty or creative or powerful that I can say or that any pastor can say that will stick with you better than the words of God in scripture. And so we look at scripture together. We're in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Grab a pew Bible, grab your own Bible. Uh, it'll be on the screens um, but follow along with me. Now, this passage that I'm about to read, to set it up, a little bit of context. So in 2 Corinthians, uh, the Apostle Paul, one of the earliest Christians who wrote most of the New Testament, he's writing this letter to the Corinthians. And, and right before this, he uses an example of another church, a church in Macedonia. And he says that these Christians in Macedonia, that they were beyond poor, that they had no resources to even take care of themselves. And yet they were like falling over themselves to try to give money to be sent to the church in Jerusalem because they were under such fierce persecution and they wanted to support the ministry of this church in Jerusalem. And so they were falling over themselves to be generous. And so the setup is if, if those people could be generous with what they did not even have themselves, then this is a message for any and all of us. Verse six. He says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. So let's pause right there. He uses a simple lesson from agriculture, 
right? If you don't throw any seed down, if you keep all of your seed in the barn, if you don't throw any on the ground, you can't expect a harvest next season, right? It's a very simple analogy. If you don't put anything into it, how can you expect to get anything out of it? And we know this is true. We know this is true from hockey practice to HOA involvement to regular exercise or paying attention to our spouse. If you don't invest in it, how can you expect abundance from it? The words of scripture in the Old Testament, Proverbs eleven twenty four says, one man gives freely yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly but comes to poverty. Scripture is full of messages that the abundant life comes not from holding on and clinging tightly. It comes from letting go and trusting in the generosity and abundance of our creator. The Apostle Paul continues in verse 7. He says this, Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So let's stop there. God loves a cheerful giver. So the word in Greek for cheerful, a cheerful giver, is the word hilaron. It's where we get the word hilarious. He loves a hilarious giver. Now, before your mind goes too far, he's not saying that, that God loves a comedic giver, that God loves a joke-telling giver, but hilarious meaning this, this big emotion of overwhelming happiness and joy that God loves a cheerful giver, somebody who cannot wait to give away because they know that it was never theirs in the first place and they know that when they give it away, they'll have even more in return. God loves a cheerful giver. Now, here's the thing. Giving doesn't make us cheerful. Giving doesn't make us joyful. It points to the source of our joy. Giving points to the source of our joy. And when we're generous, it points to a generous joy in our lives. And as Christians, the source of our joy is not anything that we can do or earn or achieve or save or spend. The source of our joy is Jesus. The source of our joy is Jesus and what he has done for us, right? God gives us the only thing that we could never, ever, ever get on our own. He gives us his son who sacrifices his life that we might know true abundance and freedom and peace in our souls. And so generosity is nothing less than evidence of what we believe about the abundance of God. And I would even say that generosity is nothing less than what we believe about the gospel of Jesus. That when we freely give, it is a proclamation that we trust not in what we have done for ourselves, but in the sacrifice of Christ. Giving isn't something that we do to get something valuable from God. It's the overflow of a life that finds the love of Christ most valuable of all. We don't give, we don't give as a, out of guilt. We don't give as a bribe. We don't give out of punishment or a performance. They're not dues that we're giving to God. What we're doing when we give generously is that we're declaring with our resources what the Spirit is already telling us in our souls, that we don't belong to money or stuff or achievement, that we belong to Jesus. 
That's what generosity is doing. It's reinforcing what our soul already knows, that Jesus is all we need and we can let go of anything else and see what God might do. The Jewish and Christian traditions have long believed that generosity, that the regular practice of giving, and for them, particularly giving to support ministry, was a crucial practice in making space in our lives so that we might see what God wants to do. And that, that when we are generous, we don't settle for what we can get on our own, but we make ourselves available to something even greater, something that God might want to do in our lives. Writer and theologian Chad Burge said, when he talked about the early church, he said, the more they were emptied of themselves, the more the Lord could do with them. The more that they let go, the more they found themselves able to make their lives available to what God wanted to do. That when we trust in the abundance of God through generosity, we experience abundance in our souls. And then that abundance is infectious. It, it, it's contagious in the world around us that others start to experience the abundant life through us. John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist movement, once said, earn all you can, save all you can, give all you can. He was one of a long line of Christians who believed that the way that we treat our money has the capacity to remind us of the abundance of God. And the way that we treat our money has the capacity to involve us in the abundance of God, that generosity involves us in the abundance of God. Uh, a few years ago, five, six, seven years ago, uh, I was working at another church. I was a missions pastor at a downtown church uh, in Western North Carolina. And one of the things that this church had done, which I just thought was absolutely beautiful, was they had said, you know, we're a downtown church. We want to care for the city. And so we're going to look within a mile radius of the church, and we're going to make sure that we're meeting needs and helping the community be a better place. And so they wanted to invest in a mile radius of the church. Well, in that mile radius was a small elementary school that was historically the worst performing elementary school in the state of North Carolina. It was in the most impoverished neighborhood in the community, and it had a transitory population of students, parents, teachers, and leadership. Constant turnover, no stability, and the attitude around that school was grim. I would go there once a week on Wednesday morning for an hour. I would sit in a, in a kindergarten classroom just to like help a, an overworked teacher take care of kids. Uh, I just kept them, you know, distracted, played with them, tried to teach them something, whatever it was. I just spent an hour helping out in the classroom. And there were lots of behavioral issues. And, uh, and again, the attitude around the school was pretty, pretty pessimistic. It was pretty negative. And one day, one Wednesday, I show up and, uh, and the mood is a little lighter. Like the kids are a little more uh, calm and, and, and excited and well-behaved, like they're, they're happy, they're content. There just seems to be a different mood in the school. And then I noticed, so all the kids wear the same uniform. They had navy polos and khakis on, but they all had brand new shoes. They all had brand new shoes. Not only were they brand new shoes, every student and every teacher and every leader in the school was wearing brand new Air Jordans. I'm not, I, mean, I, was, I was shocked. I could not believe it. After thinking, where's my pair? Um, <laughs> I was like, what's, what's going on? And then what I learned was the day before on Tuesday, uh, 
an alumni of the school who just happens to be an NBA all-star stopped by with a truckload of shoes, unannounced, no coordination, just stopped by with a truckload of shoes and gave every kid and every teacher and every leader in that school a pair of Jordans. Chris Paul had grown up at that school and invested deeply in that community. Um, and it was amazing the difference it seemed to make. Now, again, I, I think a, a pair of Air Jordans is fantastic, um, but it's not like it changed their lives or, or not like it saved the world. But what I want you to see is that abundance is contagious. Abundance is infectious. An abundant spirit, an abundant attitude brings abundance into the lives of others. And when we live with a generous and abundant spirit, God uses it to bless others, that we participate in his work in the world, not out of spirit of scarcity, but a spirit of abundance. So I wanna challenge you. Now, you may not be able to give a truckload of, of Air Jordans to an elementary school. Uh, sometimes it's one person doing for many, but sometimes it's many doing for one or many doing for some. Uh, I wanna challenge you to be stretched in your generosity this week, to uniquely be stretched. I wanna challenge you uh, in this specific way to try generosity out and see the difference it might make in your life. So I want you to give three unscheduled gifts this week. And I know we have a wide variety of people here in this room. If it, it can be absolutely uh, a, a massive gift. It can be something incredibly small but generous from you. And that's whatever you feel led to give, give it. But I want you to make three unscheduled gifts this week. The first unscheduled gift I want you to make is to a church. I want you to support the work of a ministry. Now, here's my thing. I believe every Christ follower involved in the church should be supporting the, the work together of that local church. I would love for you to give to CPC. If you feel like you can't give to this church, I would love for you to find a church that you feel like you can give to. I want you to be at a church that you feel like you can fully partner with and have a stake in the ground. I want you to be able to give generously to your church. So, but this week, I want you to give, even if you already give regularly, I want you to give one unscheduled gift to a church. The second gift I want you to make is one unscheduled gift to a nonprofit. Now, there are lots of worthy nonprofits, but, but one I want you to think about is uh, a few years ago, we started a crisis relief fund here at CPC, and then we use that fund whenever there's emergencies around the world, we use that fund to support and respond to those emergencies. And so earlier this week, after the earthquake hit in Turkey and Syria, just a horrific uh, disaster there with almost 30,000 people dying and, and, and years of recovery to come, um, two of our mission partners, World Vision and the Outreach Foundation are doing incredible work already on the ground. So we gave some money to them already this week. And anything that comes in today through Friday will go right out the door to support those ministries doing recovery effort. Um, so you can give to any nonprofit this week, but I would encourage you that's a way to give to a nonprofit with us to partner together to support the work of recovery in, uh, in the wake of this uh, horrific tragedy. Now I'll pause there and tell you something. A quick confession. My confession is this. It's hard for me to say, hey, give to this crisis relief fund. Here's why. We're in the middle of a budget cycle. We told you in the fall that we, we raised our budget this year. We're trying to make budget. We're, in the, we're, in the la we're hitting the last third stretch of our budget year. And I would rather you think about giving to support our ministry fund. So it's incredibly hard for me to go, yeah, let's give to this other thing. But how hypocritical is that? 
how hypocritical is it for me to go, oh man, I don't know if we should say it out loud because then people would give to that and not to our budget. So I need to model, we need to model that we believe that if we give away, that God will provide. That if we give generously to what God's calling us to, that God will take care of us, that he is abundant beyond measure and that he will provide for us. The third thing I want you to do is this. I want you to give an unscheduled, un, uh, unplanned gift to meet someone's need. That if you come across someone this week that has a need, big or small, that you would consider what it would mean to give just a no-strings-attached, non-judgmental gift to meet someone's need. So this week, I want you to try giving. I want you to stretch yourself as you are able. And I believe that you'll find that as a mentor of mine once said, you cannot outgive God. You cannot outgive God. And I, and I would love to tell you all the ways that I think that trying out generosity will change your life, but I actually believe that the Apostle Paul said it better. So if we pick back up in our text in uh, 2 Corinthians 9, he says this, God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seeds to the sower, so he's the one who is, God is the provider, and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. He will increase your capacity for trust in God. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. You will grow in generosity. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God so you'll be more grateful in your life. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, so investing in the work of the local church ministry, but it's also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God that generosity begets generosity. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God. So others will praise God because of your generosity that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you. So it'll create a bond between you and others because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Generosity is not from you. It is for you. And your generosity both proclaims what you believe about the abundance of God and it also involves you in the abundant work of God in the world. We want the gospel to move us and we cannot receive the promises of God while our hands are full of the promises of money. Generosity makes space for God's abundance. I've had many times in my life where I've looked back and I've thought, man, I wish I wouldn't have spent that money. I wish I wouldn't have bought that. I wish I wouldn't have spent on that. That thing didn't work out. Lots of buyer's remorse. Wish we wouldn't have bought that puppy when we were newly married in 22 and couldn't take care of it. You know, like. But I've never once in my life thought, I wish we didn't give that money away. I have never once in my life thought we supported that ministry, but I wish we still had that money. I've never once in my life thought we met that person's need, but man, I wish I could buy this with that money instead. 
Martin Luther once said that I've had many things in my hands that I lost. The things that I placed in the hands of God, I still possess. Might we be holding so tightly to what's ours that we cannot receive what God wants to give us? It's not about achieving more, getting more, earning more, spending more, buying more. It's about more trust, more trust in God. Uh, a few years ago here was, was maybe the last time that we had ever preached on, uh, on giving at CPC. And I knew that I was gonna give a sermon that day on giving and uh, was standing out front greeting people before the first service and a man walks up and he introduces himself and he says, I haven't been to church in years. And I said, oh, really? Why is that? And he says, because every time, every time I come, they ask me for my money. <laughs> oh. <sighs> Friends, God doesn't need your money. He doesn't need your money. He wants your trust. And it's true for us too. We don't need your money. We want your trust in God to grow. God is an abundant God. He has given us everything we need in Christ. Let's live as if we trust it. Amen. Let's pray. Holy and loving God, you are so good to us. You have provided us with everything we need. Remind us of that every day. Help us as we go through the regular practice of, of giving away, of generosity that, that would not form in us pride, but trust. Trust that you are a good provider, you are a good God, and that that would impact the rest of our lives, that wherever we go, whatever we do, wherever we find ourselves, that we would trust you are indeed good and that you can handle anything that life throws our way. God, help us grow in our trust of your abundance. We love you. In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Amen.